bitch, I am basic. If you're a fan, might as well face it. I'm cloud chasing, money wasted. Posted in the back, but I'm like underground hit it. Wait, and I look into yourself, conscious. I see you hate it. Face it, you're, you're, you're dealing with a clown, a man that doesn't. Hello, and welcome to the Gorilla Indie Podcast. I'm your host, House of Dub. You've been listening to Bitch, I Am Basic by Cough Drop. Cough Drop makes glitch hop with strong messages and stark contrasts. Let's learn more about the man behind the music. So, uh, Cough Drop, let me first start off with, uh, how are you, bud? Uh, I've been pretty good. Uh, I've been been uh, quite, quite, quite the journey lately, to be honest. Oh, yeah? Is it with like in regards to like musical stuff? Yeah, uh, just mo- mostly just trying to get my uh, myself out there, trying to get my name out there, uh, you know, trying different avenues and all that. Yeah, the promoting game is super hard. Um, let's just go right into talking about like your music and and what kind of motivates it, what starts it. I listen to a lot of your tracks, and I always find like in your music you you have a really powerful message in almost all of your tracks, whether it's take care of yourself. Um, like you're, there's all these like positive ways of looking at life, but there's also like harsh contrasts. Like um, one of your songs, you reference a lot of like uh, hip hop artists and rappers who were just lost before their time. And uh, I just want to talk about like how much life influences your music. Well, um, it's kind of like uh, for me, it's kind of like uh, everyone thinks that the fish out of water concept is cliche as it is with every single type of story, but it's just like, that, that's how it is with music. Like you're an underdog trying to, trying to get, get up the ranks. Uh, I mean, like some, some people ha- have those connections already when you're rich enough, but we, we don't really, really pay attention to, to the most of them. Um, Oh, I'm getting off top topic here already. <laughs> no, no, I think you're hitting hitting it right on the head. You know, like it's kind of hard out there for a small fish in a big market. But right. um, what what brought you to the style of music you make, and what would you call it? Because for me, when I listen to it, it it really comes across as you know hip hop, rap. But um, do you do you find that you have a like a more specific classification of the genre you dabble in? Well, at first I did start off with mostly just rap, hip hop, and just basic pop when I first started off like three years ago. But uh, as time grew on and I started to see uh, some of the new shifts changing, uh, and I was actually really liking how, how some of the underground is slowly becoming popular Like when it comes to the hyper pop and the digicore scene, let's say. Um I'm just trying to remember who would be a good example of that crossover that's that's blowing up right now. Uh, Yeats, you ever heard of Yeats? No, I don't think I've heard of Yeats. No, well, if if you go go around TikTok, you'll 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 see st- stupid stuff that references his songs. Like uh, the one thing that makes me laugh every time I hear it is uh, a a with a problem that I be spinning nutty spurts like I'm a laundromat. Like like it, you just need a silly line like that in any one of your songs and you can probably become popular. So you said that where you're at now in the genre you're at now, you was heavily influenced by the trends and you're into the trends. When you first started making music, what was it that got you wanting to produce it? Like what was, what were you listening to that made you say, I want to do this too? 
Um, I first, funny enough, I actually listened to classic rock, like stuff from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Like, uh, I love the progressives of like um, rock from the seventies. Like, yes, Pink Floyd, uh, Led Zeppelin to a degree. Uh, in the eighties, I just love the synths from the early er, early stuff, like the Cars. Uh, in the nineties, I, I was like, like I love the grunge stuff, like Nirvana, the Alice in Chains. Um, Did you ever see yourself making that style of music? I would think so, maybe one day. But uh, for the time being, uh, I kind of want to just make catchy, poppy stuff. Uh, maybe it, mostly silly and like what you said, strong message with harsh contrast. Harsh contrast, but a strong message. It's a really cool like place to kind of pocket yourself. It's a really cool niche to kind of try to fill in because a lot of people are just a lot of harsh contrast, you know? There's no, right. there's like very little emphasis on like what really the message is. So I like when I was listening to your music, I got like a really clear message from everything that you, everything that you were writing, everything that you were saying. But when you first started, was that where it was, or were you just kind of dabbling around? Like, what, like, run me through, like, how you started making music. What, like, the first program you started picking up, like, your first, like, beat machine. Like, where did you start? Okay, so to be honest, uh, so it all started about when I was 18. So this would be like seven years ago now when I started writing poetry. And, uh, like I showed it off to my mother and she, she thought it was really good. And I decided to go to the local cafe and like, f like started doing uh live poetry readings of my own stuff there. Wow. So you started out just performing live. Yeah. But it was like, like poetry, like slam poetry. That's awesome. Uh, then, then the place closed down. Uh, and then I kind of like fell into like a slump for a while. Uh, then I started branching out online, started talking to people. Uh, I don't produce myself, so that uh, most of the stuff that I get is from people that I've met through online. <clears throat> oh, so you're mostly like a collaborator with people. Mostly, yeah. So like, would you say that like what you bring to the project isn't necessarily from a musical standpoint, but you have the background of classic rock and obviously you're following all the trends that are out there now so what right. you really bring to stuff is the lyrical game yeah but i i actually do have a little bit uh stuff to bring to the table mixing wise as well uh i've been learning to do do stuff like that it, that's what I'll, also i've been trying to do along with the vocals is learning how to eq uh basically learning how to use effects how to properly transition What's that process like for you? What uh, what what have you been discovering about how you uh, look at music in terms of like mixing it and manipulating sound in a DAW? Well, uh, I found out that I do it very in a very unorthodox way because most people in my genre they just use FL or Logic, right? Uh, I personally use o Adobe Audition. Adobe Audition. Yes. Interesting. What, uh, what, what keeps you on that program? Like, as opposed to going to like, say Fruity Loops or Logic, like what's, what's the thing that keeps you on that program? Uh, to be honest, uh, like 
the way that I work, I, I've learned that most of the way, I, I treat everything as a sample because I don't really like using BPMs as much. Uh, so I can be on beats, but I might have an odd timing signature, let's say. For, for example, uh, I was doing some research and I learned that my song Energy Drinks is technically 5 over 4. Interesting. And that was like not a planned thing. You just found out that you were working in some weird time signature. Yeah. That's kind of cool. When it comes to writing lyrics, uh, what do you think? Like, obviously, you started out with slam poetry. Like, when you were writing poetry, what was like the thing that would get you motivated? What was the thing that would inspire you? And then how has writing sort of shifted for you over time? Uh, well, for me, it was just mostly just self-reflective, uh, just trying to figure out who I am and how to improve who to be. Uh, and it's just really been uh, just an upward battle of, you know, self-esteem, self-confidence, and uh, not not only try, trying to make a name for myself, but also like make, making society better for or what it is. Those are some big concepts. And would you say that all that is sort of carried with you in your writing now, or do you kind of have a different, more methodical approach to when you are say crafting some lyrics for something? Lyrically, uh, I'm going to be on, I think I've, I've, I've managed to like lean back a bit and, uh, for, for the stuff that I have been late, uh, writing lately, I think it's, more silly but also more uh vulnerable let's say i like that silly but vulnerable and uh just i want i want to try and take music music at an angle that most people wouldn't take it's like no one wants i know people want to show their vulnerable side but i i think they don't want to want to see themselves in such a way where it's just like, oh man, that's my worst moment. Why do I want to put that on the mic? Whereas you may look at it and say, this is interesting. This is something that I want to share with people. This is something that somebody could listen to say, Hey, I felt like that before and maybe make that deeper connection with the listener. Yeah. Now, a lot of people make music for themselves they make music just to get like their feelings out there would you say that you're making music obviously for yourself because you want to but you also want people to listen to it you want you want to try to get exposure you want people to react and respond and you're trying to like because i see you out there i see you releasing stuff you're collaborating with tons of artists um like how how much of what you're doing now is motivated by all right, let's make sure I can do this, but I also want to make sure that it's got a hook that slaps, you know? Just sometimes a hook doesn't have to slap. Sometimes it's the verse. You just, you have to have a good verse. And the point, I, I think today it's more like just put it out there. Even if you think it's, just put the best version of what you think that song is, even if you think it's bad. Because in the in the long run, if you're confident enough to put your voice out there in any shape or form, that 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 deserves any amount of respect. 
There's a lot of artists who could take from that because a lot of people are constantly fighting that need to be perfect. And it seems like you're not afraid to put something out there that's probably not like the most well-cooked dish, but it's something that you're happy with and you know that it might hit with somebody. It might not hit with everybody, but you're already putting it out there, which is like, that's like 90% of the game. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at outsider music in general, that's just inspiration in and of itself. Because if you can hear, like, um, who would be a good example? Dan Johnson, who kind of had, like, this really raspy, high-pitched, whiny sound, where it was just, it kind of sounded like... um, it was really close to almost Neil's on a chalkboard with how, how scrambled his voice can be at times, but he can inspire like a musician, like uh, Kurt Cobain uh, to make genuine hits because sometimes uh, you need to make music for the musicians. I like that. Like you're making stuff to help inspire other musicians. Right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about you as Cough Drop. Like, where did this name come from? Where did you get the concept for it? Like, this this alias, the the persona, if you will. Like, what uh, what are you trying to capture with that? Where did it all come from? This okay. So the whole name thing was a fluke. Uh, I used to do like try to do abstract photos. And uh, I just thought of this one concept idea where it was just like, I, I just put a Hall's cough drop on my sink, put some food color on top of it, took a couple photos, thought it looked cool. And uh, I had a few songs and didn't really have a rap name or any kind of name behind it. So I just looked up like this specific spelling of cough drop and seeing if there was anyone with that name. Uh Turns out it was all free. Uh, like no, no one else had this name specifically, other than this DJ who who kind of quit like five years before I started. That's always fun when you're coming up with a band name or an artist name, and you're just trying to see who's who has it, who's been using it, and you see that there was somebody who had it, and they're just not doing anything anymore. Yeah, well, I I looked on District; they weren't on there, so that's I'm all clear on that. Awesome, man. That's good. That's good. And you've been rocking that persona for like, what, like three years? Yep. And uh, it seems like it's going well for you. It seems like it's it's something that you kind of like really fit into. And it seems like it's like it kind of fits your music in a way. A cough drop <laughs> is something that you take when you're not feeling that like you need it as sometimes it can be a treat. You know, they got the really delicious ones. Maybe your throat isn't even feeling raw, but you take it anyway. Right, but, and sometimes it is for that self care. Yeah, you know, I I'm, I'm going to actually think about that. I'm going to take that. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's just what I thought about when I was looking at the name. I'm always interested in like what artists do when they come up with their name and they come up with the alias and the persona and how much thought goes into it. And then it's really fun the incidental things, the stuff that you didn't think about that kind of line up with it. Oh yeah, it's, I I always love that because especially uh, whenever I look finish a song and I post it, I always notice like little things in my lyrics that I wrote about and didn't really notice. Um, for example, something as simple as like, uh, I'll mention the energy drink song again. 
like legit my my spirit animal is actually a cockroach uh as weird as that sounds <laughs> I, mean, I mean like it's i mean that's not a bad animal to have honestly those things will be living long past the nuclear warfare yeah that's what i mean like it's they can with withhold withstand pretty much anything i like that it's like it's like i, I look myself yeah and like, as i mentioned myself yeah i am resilient yeah i am strong and you wouldn't like, you know, some people might think like rhino or, or hippopotamus, something that's got like super tough skin, but you went the cockroach direction. Yeah. I like that. Um, now you, uh, sent me your own artist page, but then you also have a collaborative artist page. Cause like you said, you collaborate with a lot of different artists. When did collaborating start for you? Was that like right in the beginning or it took you kind of like a little bit of time working on yourself before you started reaching out to other artists or other artists reaching out to you? Okay. So let's see. Um, what, what, uh, so 2019, um, I did like an EP at the beginning of the year. Didn't really pay. I didn't really do much about it. And then 2020 rolled around like, Okay, actually, at the end of the at a, at the end of 2019, I met a guy by the name of Willard who's been helping me, uh, like uh, ever since. He's like basically, I'll consider him like my first fan that I ever got, and we've been just trying to help each other out, like promote. And since then, it's been like uh, in 2020, I was actually in a small like a short-lived small collective called gut gang where i would help market their music videos on and i would uh, submit their stuff on the hive mine and uh i managed to uh collaborate with some of the people there uh some that were on the first mixtape that i released and some other people that will be on the second mixtape that i'm working on right now tell me about what you're working on right now uh expensive project <laughs> It's expansive. Expansive. Oh yeah, like what? Like give me, give me some, uh, give me some juicy details. What are you willing to share about what you're working on right now? Um, what I will say is that it features a lot of people from. I don't know if the the crew is still together, but th they used to be known as Hellbound. I, I will, I will, you know, I, yeah, I will say say who's on it. So uh, there's some people like Scart, Jasper. Park, Vizzy, uh, Sleepy Charlie from Germany, um, ETP, uh, Fatal. <laughs> All right, I dig it. I dig it. And how did you uh, how did you link up with that whole crew? Like, was it through collaborating? Was it just through releasing yeah. music? Did they happen it, it to was... catch you on the promotion game? So a lot of people I've been meeting has been through Discord. So like everyone that is has their own like even small fan page based with at least 500 followers, they have their own Discord page. So I've been following through them, through their Discord pages, through and their associated pages as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just caught through. <clears throat> Got to get yourself a cough drop. 
<laughs> you know what? Actually, hold on. Let me actually grab one. I yeah. actually have one right here. Nice. You're you don't seem like someone who's like afraid to just reach straight out to like any artist and be like, "Hey, I make music. Let's do it together." Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'll talk to pretty uh, anyone and be like, "Hey, I like your content. Would you like to collaborate with me at any point?" Um, but usually, I I I, t I chat with other artists before I even talk about that. You like to build up that rapport first, like actually have. It's almost like uh, like when you a Twitch streamer when someone jumps into their their game immediate, like their chat immediately is like, "Hey, can I play with you?" It's like I don't even know you. Yeah, it's, it's it's like yeah, at least say hey, what's up? See if you actually cool. like vibe with them as a, on a personal <laughs> level first. Yeah. Now, have you ever made music with just someone who is like totally random, or is it always like you want to build up that relation first? Um, I feel like I think the most random time I uh, I ever did was someone posted an open in the gut gang server and I just decided to do a verse on it. I sent it back to them and they liked it so much that they released it as a single on Spotify. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's, that was with a guy by the name of MJ neon. And how'd that track do? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just put it out there and it's out there. I mean, it's, oh, man, it's out there. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Um, so when it comes to, like, promoting, because obviously it's, it's something that every artist should be working on because it's like making the music is one side of it, but promoting it is a whole other ball game. What strategies do you employ? Like, what works for you? What hasn't worked for you? Like, where do you, where do you think you can find yourself promoting your stuff? Um, oh boy. Well, uh, I'm still learning about that stuff, but what I have learned so far is that basically you, you kind of have your own friend group on SoundCloud where you would like, you would repost and you would comment on their stuff. Then you would go straight to Instagram and you would basically, uh, make a story about that post. And that's what you would do for your friends. And then when you post a song and you basically not only make it as a post on your Instagram story and also like as an actual post, uh, you would then have to tweet about it and um, probably make a Snapchat story. Um, now it's also like I'm also trying to get onto TikTok this year. And trying to make like little clips around the uh, music that I already have. I feel like your music is like made for TikTok. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, like again, the energy drink song. I, I uh, just the other, this weekend, I would just all I did was make a 15 second clip of me in the in the bathroom where I just dumped two monster energy drinks on my face. <laughs> straight up stump boy style i dig that i dig that i mean that's what tiktok is these days right pretty much yeah. just uh just uh wasting food and and swiping right <laughs> so you yeah. you you are you're on instagram you're on twitter you're on tiktok and it's all under the same name 
Uh, for the most part, I I don't really use Twitter that much, but it's um, I think it's like things Tug Show under my like Gmail account. Tug Show. It's it's a really old uh IP property. I I did a lot of YouTube stuff before like getting into music. Really, what kind of YouTube stuff? Uh, I tried gaming. I tried food review. Uh, I mean, like I was a teenager, so it's like. Anything was on the table. Have you thought about going back onto the YouTube wagon at all? Or are you just happy to let all that stuff be in your past? Um, I do want to go back to YouTube, but it's just like uh, my my current setup with everything. I'm not um, I'm not confident with it. Yeah, like tech wise. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm gonna try and like uh, get myself comfortable with TikTok, and then like like be just be comfortable in front of a camera in general again. So you're saying that, like, at one point in time, like, when you were younger, you were totally fine doing whatever in front of a camera, and it kind of, it's not like riding a bike, really. You kind of got to get comfortable again. Yeah. Where where do you think, like, makes that uneasiness to be, like, performative? Because obviously you started off doing something that a lot of people would be terrified to do, going up and sharing poetry about yourself. Like, that takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of balls. And, uh... But like when you think about it, just like sitting in front of a camera, so something happens where you just kind of choke up. Yeah, uh, it's like um, my whole main issue with it is that I, I do put an exaggerated version of myself in front of the camera, but it's like I have to admit to myself that I'm just I'm just acting like an ass, complete. Other jackass on camera, <laughs> and uh, it's it's hard to own that, and it's also hard to be that like twenty four seven when you think about it. Like that's a that kind of personality. If it's not like the real genuine you, but it may be a genuine part of your personality. But to make that shine through, it could be really exhausting. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like um. I don't know how to, how to put it because now, now I'm seizing up because I, oh no, I can't think about shit. No, no, I can't do <laughs> Nah, man, it's all good. We're just vibing and talking. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying like when, when you get back, back into that mindset, even like even now, it's like, oh man, I got to think about it. <laughs> or, you know, just get it off the cuff, you know, improvise yeah. like, whatever the first thought is, you know. What's uh what's like one of the main things that inspires you today? Like you say you're working on a new thing, a new uh a new album. What would like what was like one of the main things in your head that was inspiring you to work on it that got you writing? Like what was what are the key influences for you like right now? Uh okay, so what I'm learning about producing uh, like I mean <laughs> making this next uh like mixtape, let's say, is that I think I'm actually going to crack down on boast rap to, to a point where it's just kind of like um, I'm going to be bo boasting about like what people should be boasting about not not money not not cars not not even though there's a person that already does that for one of the verses <laughs> no it's it's going to be about like uh, 
boasting your personality, let's say. So I have a song called Hyperbole, where it's just basically I'm being I'm being meta. I'm saying that I I literally talk in metaphors. Uh, hold on, how, how does a hook go? Hook go. Uh, don't you know I only talk in hyperbole, a metaphor sometimes, but mostly pop culture similes, off hook for a beat. I'm really writing poetry. It's how I started, and that's not a fallacy. And that's true. And that's kind of like your take on boast rap. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're talking about trends and how you like trends and you like following them. What would have been like in the three-year period that you've been working on music? Is there any trend that you wish would have lasted longer? Are there any trends that you feel like you weren't making music at the time, but you had wish you'd been in on it? Uh... Nah, we're not there yet. Not there yet? Not enough trends yet? No, I mean, with the artists that I'm looking at, sure, they're getting, they're blowing up on the underground scene with uh, famous people like um, Hive Mind, uh, Patrick CC, uh, .com Nirvana, if you know music directors. But it's just like, I'm not hearing enough of the glitchy, like, type stuff that I want to hear from people personally you want more glitch yeah now what defines glitch like what is glitch so basically anything that involves vocal stutters i mean or like repetitions of a word uh personally i take out any parts where i have breathing space and i replace it with a glitch or like vocal stutter i mean that's super interesting because you're talking to someone me i i'm like you're probably the first example I've ever had of this sort of music. So right. I'm always interested in the, like how artists define the genre in itself. And uh, that sounds like a really interesting way to go about it. Cause back when I would produce rap, you just take out the breaths as long as they were like, if they were really obnoxious, you just take it out and leave it as the blank space. But I never really thought to replace it with something else. Yeah. Uh, I also, Sometimes the breathing actually I leave in if it's like the beat kind of goes into a muted section of itself. So I put on the toy filter on my voice and I leave the breathing in. And I think it works better that way, personally. Kind of like if it feels like it switches up the cadence even more between the glitchy, like clear vocals to the toy with breathing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's a really uh, cool way of going about it. And even recently, sometimes I would even mess with the beat, you know, like beat silencing. Sure. But uh, there would be even uh, sections where it'd be like, I'd click just the first note where it pick it, picks up back again. And I would make some sort of stutter with the beat as well. Sometimes. Now talking about the beat, and beats in general and because you said you don't really make your own so you're always pretty much working with other artists or finding other beats like how does that work for you do you just seek out other producers and find beats you like does it always come from someone who you're in like communication with and like what makes a beat like a beat to you like what's something that you hear 
in a production and say, this is something I want to work on? What are the things that you look for? What are the things that you listen out for? So when I first started out, I was mostly just looking at YouTube beats, uh, just trying to find people through there. And that was that was not the way to go. Uh, I went through Reddit then I went through Discord, like any beats that I have that are on my Spotify now have been fully paid off and are fully okay to use. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, so when I so when I'm looking out for a beat, um, I'll be honest. I got really lucky. I found this one kid from Australia. His name's Blue Sky. Most of my stuff off of the first mixtape and the next one I'm working on has been from him. Really? Yes. That's super dope. Any other singles? It's been like one-offs with uh, other kinds of producers. Like uh, my song, Dennis Hopper with Emags, uh, that feat has produced by Comrade and Rod Made It. Um, so, okay, so when I'm looking for a beat that's like by itself, like for when I heard that one, I tend to like go with borderline EDM, I think, like dancey. Like the 808s and the synth really punch or uh has a good melody, but then you hear that little tweak in the background where like the the counter where it be like makes it uh sound a little off but not really all right so so like you know like some people are like yeah this beat's vibing it's cool but i don't know what's missing sometimes it's the beats where it's just like something's off about this beat but i like it that's the that's the kind where it's just like the only thing that's off about it is that it has no lyrics so you're looking for something that like you could really paint the whole picture with. Like if there's something missing, you know it's you. Yeah. Something that you can see yourself over. Yeah. And that's cool that you uh that you kind of like go back to the synths because you were talking about like your early rock influences and the synths and early rock is just like crazy. Right. So you yeah. never re- you never really lost that. Like you always you've always held on to like crazy synth, but like the EDM thing is kind of surprising to me because uh I just wouldn't, I wouldn't think that like that would be one of the influence, one of the things you'd look for, but that's really cool. Yeah. Like, uh, to be honest, like the recent single that I just made this weekend that I plan on releasing soon, like, I mean, it's, it's a super short song, but it's just like big on those power synths that you would hear on a drop on an EDM song. If if you get what I mean. Yeah, what song is this? What song do you have coming out? What what's the release window for it? Well, uh I need to make a cover for it, but uh the song is called I Don't Think. And um like I would want it out this Friday, but it's just like I don't have I, I want to make a good cover for it is all. Let's talk about that. Like <laughs> you make all the art for, for all your music? Yeah, pretty much. Have you always been uh, artistically inclined like that? I 
growing up, I was my mother's photographer's assistant. So I, I always knew about photography and like how to make a good picture and what makes a good picture and all that, to be honest. And then you just kind of take that over and you just like for, even for your collaborations, are you the one who's like, I'll handle the artwork? Uh, I think the only time when I didn't do the artwork was, I think when I first started out, it was my first three singles and the EP I did with Depresso, I didn't do the artwork for. Those were all commissions. Uh, but Puked in the Shower was the first cover I did, which was a photo of basically a green and black filter of me in my old shower kind of kind of like face down um beyond blue skies was i thought a really nice fo- photo of like my my backyard sky and and royal red skies is going to like my next mixtape it's just going to be that with the red sky but black clouds and that's the name uh, of the next mixtape the next mixtape Yes, uh, technically Royal Red Skies has been like in development as long as my first mixtape, Beyond Blue Skies. Oh, that's cool. So you like you were working on that one while you were still working on the first one. Yeah, because the whole Blue Sky thing, he gave me like 30 beats to work with. And just recently, two weeks ago, he gave me like 18 more to work with. So it's just been like... Okay, who can I get? Get who? What? What can I make? Uh, just been mostly like trying to figure out what to make with who. So when you get a beat, and you're obviously like, let's say, like we're for working on the mixtape. Do you ever find a beat where it's like, obviously you're collaborating. You love collaborating with other artists. That's like super clear. But do you ever find a beat where you're like, this is just me. This is I'm gonna be the only feature on this. Um. There's a few that's like that, but I haven't hit that many moments yet. So you think that like the real the real thing that like makes your work shine is like the artists you collaborate with and how you can all kind of band together to make something great, like one singular piece of art with everyone else working together, just finding that synergy. Uh see, I don't want to put too much weight on the other artists, but yeah, I mean Sure, it's it's like creating that synergy, uh, making interesting concepts, uh, and sharing it out out there with our own piece. When you're working with an artist on a song, say, um, like how much talk goes into the concept for the track, or is it more like you both come up with something and see who resonates the most? Uh, so how things work, kind of like now, it's like. Um, You'd make an open, and most people usually want to sell it because they're trying to make money. But me, I'm just I'm I'm okay with um okay. I'm not okay money wise, let's say, but more better off than most. So they put out an open where it would be like them their verse on a beat. And there would be an open space where you would just go on. 
you send it back to them and they'd basically be like, Hey, this is cool. This ain't, this ain't cool. Uh, sometimes you would message them in advance and be like, yo, it'd be okay if I hop on this. They'll be like, yeah or no. So you kind of set the pace. You let them know, like with the open, like this is kind of the vibe I'm going for. And then you see who, who resonates with that the most. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, it's not like something you all kind of talk about before and be like, this is the concept. You just kind of let it out there and see if the music reflects, see if it like, it's something that hits you, bounces back or something. You maybe say, uh, no, I'll skip on this beat. Yeah. That's always really cool in the collaborating process, like that communication, like trying to get everyone on the same wavelength. And I think doing it with just the music, not so much with discussion, like you guys aren't really talking about it. You're just putting it out there. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Now, when it comes to like the future, because obviously we talked, you talked a little bit about money, like where do you, where do you want your music to go? Like just talking big ideas here. Like, where do you, where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be? Oh, I just I, I want to further develop my brand of of this, uh, like continue trying to develop my own at least my own niche audience at first, and see see where it goes from there. Also, like help out my peers gain their audience and help them blow up as well. Yeah, it seems like you're really in it for the collaborators too. Like you want to put together like it seems like what you're really working on doing is putting together like that team. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I I have this huge collective of friends, but it's just like a team-wise, it's I'm more more kind of like on the outside still. But you're trying to bring it to the to the foreground and be it like this is team cough drop. If you if you were to be in charge of your own like group and you were to give it a name, what would you call it? Well, I mean, I mean, like it's cough drops. It's you just had an S. It's cough drops. Make it plural. <laughs> You're cough drop now. I dig it, man. I dig it. That's a cool way of looking at it. And that would be that would be the whole group. And like you could see that group being like a couple of producers, a couple of people who are consistent on your tracks. And would even if you got to that point, would you still be trying to find like the the you now to try like, to like I... put them on? I'd I'd still try and collaborate as much as I can because the game now about how like even getting noticed is one uh well actually one it's go on TikTok that's that's one thing you will get pretty much noticed uh almost immediately if you if you're consistent because e even I mean like I know I'm I'm tiny, literally minuscule, but zero followers on TikTok. But you do one video where it's like, like I said, the the pour the energy drinks on my face. That's six hundred views. I mean, like that's I think that's like if you just did a one one silly thing, and it gets you like just even that amount of views. I think it's inspiration enough to keep going, and. Second of all, after after that, uh, I, I knew that there was uh, another point. Um, remind me the question again. I was asking, like, like when if you were to get to that level, like what you would do, um, 
And would you still be right. like looking to put other people on? Right. Yeah. Um, like, yes. I, I'm not sure how to answer, to be honest. That's all right, man. It's all right. I can come up with some better questions. <laughs> um, now, obviously, we were talking about like the performative aspect of TikTok, and you started out performing live, obviously, with like spoken words. Have you ever done any like live sets with your music, or have you only been like really recording artists? I have done covers live on Instagram. Really? What kind of covers? I did. I almost managed to do the entirety of Joji's Ballads One. Uh, where I would do one a day, but I, I kind of stopped at the 10th episode where I then had to take down the green screen and plumbing had to all get rearranged. And uh, now it's just kind of like I'm waiting for a wall to get set up and because everywhere in, in my space is pretty cluttered. And the only space where it has an empty wall is way too far away from Wi-Fi. So it'll be, it's just, I can't even go live there. Oh, okay. I got you. Well, that's fun. But it's something that's on the, it's definitely like in your eye to keep doing something live, like some sort of a live sort of performance. Yeah. I mean, like when I feel like it. Now, could you ever see yourself like bringing your music to an audience, like doing a set somewhere, like at a live place? I, I wish. I mean, um, I've been offered uh, to go down to at my hometown to do the fall fair, uh, but that was when I didn't have like any material at all. And now that I actually do, it's just like, oh, it's everything's just bad. <laughs> what do you mean, like? Like, like it, 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 keep, it keeps getting canceled. Uh, the event manager just died. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I, I like, there, there, there is, there was just issues with my hometown in general that I didn't want to get into. All right. All right. But the opportunity had been there before, but you necessarily weren't ready for it. Now, obviously, I mean, all live stuff is like really up in the air now, but. It's cool that like it's at least something that you're like having at least an eye open for. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of the energy in your music would translate to a really interesting live performance. Yeah, I I <laughs> I, I probably think it would too. And especially since you came from the background where it was like spoken word. I mean, honestly, like I don't even think I would have the I don't even think I would have the the ability to go up and just do like like self-reflective like spoken word poetry i don't even know if i'd be able to do something like that have you ever thought about doing it again is like something is that something that's like ever in the back of your mind like if i should find a cafe and see who's doing poetry slams uh i mean like if i was in a more like uh populated area for sure but like i live in the middle of nowhere like to the point where it's like only 400 people in the village oh i got you yeah, it's uh, it's like a two-hour drive. Uh, no, hold on, I'm, I'm being exaggerated. Uh, one and a half-hour drive to anywhere where it's like over a hundred thousand people. That's a pretty far trip. Uh, actually, there's something interesting that you said. Uh, I'm curious about. Um, 
Now, a long time ago, I mentioned this back in the IMF chat to you. You, you, you said that you did touring, like you were a roadie, right? Uh, like live performance stuff. I work at venues. Um, like my main inspiration, like when it comes to like beyond everything that I listen to, I listen to say anything. And I remembered you said that you did, you, uh, you helped out with them at some point, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I worked one of their concerts at a local college by me. And like my main inspiration for lyrics is from that, the main lead singer, Max Bemis. And I, I always wondered like, how did he perform live? Um, as far as I remember, it was a super high energy show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this would have been like maybe six or seven years ago now. And when you work in that field, all, it all just kind of turns into work. You don't really remember specific shows like every now and then you can kind of recall them. But as far as I remember, that show was just like a super high energy. I think they were on tour with a couple other bands. Right. Yeah. It was a pretty packed crowd. Yeah. Um, like to me, like uh, like when it, when it, when it comes to lyrically, that's that is the band that I, I relate to the most. Um, like their song "Try to Remember, Forget." Uh, what like for example, the first lines in the song: "Today is my birthday. It is a new year. I should be happy that I'm still here." And that just resonated with you. Yeah, because like they're harsh contrast, but they have a positive message. I love that. So it's kind of like full circle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're putting down. Now, obviously, like um, they're like a they're like a band band, like they have all the instruments and stuff. Have you ever thought about like playing any instruments? Yeah, I actually have, I have, I play guitar, I play bass. Um, I've been messing around with this kalimba I got. Really? Yeah. That's a cool sound. Is that going to be featured on any of the uh, upcoming productions? I want someone to to make, make a beat out of my loop. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've had a guitar loop in a song before. But that's as far as I've gotten to anything producing-wise. Hey, it's still a start, though. Oh, yeah. And it's cool that you have that background. How long have you been playing uh, guitar for? I've played uh, guitar and bass for as long as I've been doing poetry. Oh, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah. What were, like, some of the first songs you learned? Oh, yeah. House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. Um I can't get no satisfaction. Uh, Seven Nation Army, um, come as you are. Uh, what else? All the hits. Oh yeah. Now, is there any? Is there? Have you heard anything like recently that made you want to pick up the guitar and learn it? Like any song, I mean. Like, has, have you heard any music recently that made you say, "I gotta learn this song. I gotta play this." there's some recent stuff that i like uh that i've tried playing like um i think the most complex stuff has been like some math rock really uh, yeah I've, I've learned to play fcp remix uh by fall of troy that's um, pretty cool yeah i mean like i i just i i was wondering like 
how did they get that sound? And it turns out they're not playing super fast. They're playing very slowly with an ec- like with a very uh, heavy tremolo effect. And uh, like you get to learn like different techniques on on the guitar all the time just just by figuring out like what people are doing. And how much of that translates into how you work on stuff now? Um, it's gotten me more comfortable using delays and echoes. I will say that much. Those Where are, at first, yeah, those those are hard things to like really get the grip around and like figure out how they work. Like, cause sometimes you get like that bathroom effect where it's just like, oh, geez, it's just bouncing way too much. It sounds awful. And maybe you want to dial it in and make it sound less like a bathroom and more like a cathedral. Yeah, or maybe like a bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bedroom producers are usually able to capture that sound pretty easy. See, how I do it is that I take my laptop my microphone in which I use a blue snowball with a pop filter. I just put it on my bed, uh, just sit in front of it and put a blanket over my head on, on top of the laptop and the microphone. And I don't have to do much heavy mixing that way. Cause it, uh, it mutes, mute, basically mutes the entire room without having that bounce. You just make like a little bedroom for it. Yeah, like I, I learned this trick by watching the Travis Scott uh, like documentary on how he made the song "No Bystanders," and like he's in this in the middle of the living room and he's in the front of his laptop and he's having a towel over his head. It's like just doing the same thing with a blankie. Yeah, I dig it. Hey, man, if it works, it works. Who needs an ISO booth when all you got to do is, you know, get yourself a weighted blanket? <laughs> Unless, of course, you say, like, want some room sound if you want that reverberance. But I always think it's easier to add those kind of sounds after the fact. Oh, don't don't forget the pop filter, though. We don't want those Bs or Ps. Oh, yeah. You got to watch them plosives. <laughs> that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff can wreck it. So you got this new mixtape coming out. You got colla- right. you say you got a collaboration you're looking to get rid uh, get out on Friday. Obviously, you're saying you need to work on some of that more. Like, what else is coming down the pipe for you? What else are you uh, working on? Um, I actually even more stuff. Um, I actually do have a third tape planned. Uh, as I said, I just got a bunch more beats from uh, Blue Sky just like a few weeks ago, and I found a new collective recently by the name of gun range and it's just you know just another collective full of like digicore hyper pop kids just want just like sharing sharing music that they think is good and you know i i like what they're doing i think it's interesting stuff it's kind of the direction that i want to go and i i kind of plan on making song songs with them and seeing what, what comes out of that. Now, when you get like a batch of beats, like when you get a batch of like 30 beats, what is your process like to figure out, all right, save these for later. I can start working on this now. Um, I'm going to save these for the third mixtape right down the road. Like what, 
how do you what's your filter like what how do you how do you filter everything and kind of like organize it to figure out what you're going to start working on first because that's a lot of stuff to like digest at once i know it's like because i binge i binge listen a lot because i i'm a weird guy i don't i don't like using shuffle i don't i don't like playlists i don't <laughs> i like listen to albums all the way through i definitely feel you on that one i'm a very much the same way and uh it's funny because like for the, the stuff that i'm trying to get myself into it's it's not something where it's like you would expect an album you you expect like just a compilation of like their best best hits uh very few do do i know that are that's in this genre that creates concept albums like um I think the only one I can think of is Osquin. And you're looking to bring that to the game. Like you're thinking in terms of mixtapes and having something that has consistency in each listen. Like it's not just, this was my good work from two years ago. This is something I was working on last week. You're, you're thinking in terms of like, but how do you figure out like what stuff all fits on the right mixtape? Like how do you, how do you filter it? Where do you do most of your listening? Is it just like on repeat and you see what, what hits you the most? So, um, what I usually do is that while I'm mixing, I'll take, have a listen through it like once in the mixer and then a few times outside of the mixer to make sure it sounds fine outside of it. And then I put it on my phone and then I listen to it, uh, through my phone speaker, through my headphones on the phone speaker, through my, through my, uh, wife's car who has a subwoofer so I can actually figure out the 808s um like the sub bass and all that and it's like I know I'm like a little hyper focused on like every aspect of what how it sounds like throughout all everything but um I just want to make sure it's consistently sounds the way that I want it to throughout every like, like format a person would, it would act normally listen to it. Yeah. You do the phone check, do the car check, do the phone, you do all the checks, headphone check, speaker check. You got to run through all the tests to make sure it bops, make sure it slaps. Um, how often do you take like outside feedback on something? Cause obviously we're both members of IMF and, the indie music feedback community is great for getting like that third ear on a song. Like how often do you let third party criticism or feedback like influence any mix decisions? I, I did a lot. Uh, so I wasn't completely okay with my mixing between late 2019 and the majority of 2020 uh as I, I i didn't really know what i was pretty much doing i was just learning and all that um cuz cuz even for my song waiting i paid for paid uh someone to do all those glitch effects and all that wait did i even no no it was a friend a friend did that he was actually he actually did did me a solid. He did it for free. 
That's always good. Yeah. Uh, and it was just basically ever since the song, my song Waiting, all I did was just try to make sure all my songs fit the same volume level as that song. I wasn't so focused on like um, the stutters and all that. Like anything that's like beat, uh, like, at a, I got like three thoughts here. <laughs> Take them one by one. No, all at the same time. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So you have vocal stutters, beat stops, and you're just trying to think, okay, this I'm having this on repeat 50 times tonight, and I'm trying to learn how, how he's doing this. And then I go back to the mixer, and it took me like, I think like three months to get my stutter editing where I want it to be. Um, I forgot where I was, where I was going. Well, I was wanting to know like how much feedback impacted your music, like how much you would take, feedback from other artists who were listening like if you were say putting something out there and trying to get feedback on it like how much of that you'd actually take or are you just kind of like looking for the response like you just want to see how people vibe with it uh me it's mostly the response like lyrically vocally i'm not looking for feedback mixing wise i was for a while but now it's like i think i'm okay but i will still take advice mix from any sort of like mixing wise to make myself sound better or learn new effects or anything like that. It's always cool being like open to getting those kind of criticisms, getting that kind of feedback. I always think it's super important. Right. And that's why something like IMF is super cool because you just get introduced to just so many different artists and everyone's got a different opinion on everything and a different way to do something. It, it's just that personally, uh, like, Mixing wise, I don't know what I'm doing, but lyrically and vocally, I'm very like harsh, judgmental on myself. So I I don't I don't want any additional stuff like that. Because even when I ask my my mother, who's an English major, about my lyrics and vocal performance, it's just even then it's just like eh, I can't can't really take it. Okay, I got you. I got you. I mean, it's it's really good to keep some stuff close to the heart, and still like, I mean. Obviously, being harsh on yourself is something that we all work on. Right. But it's good that you can say with yourself, you have confidence in your ability to do it, and you know that you get better every time you try it. Yeah. Now, would you say that, like, um, would you say that, like, uh, having feedback, say, like, from a mother or, like, from a family member or a friend is a little bit better than, say, just some randoms on the internet? Like, where, what feedback do you think resonates most with you? Um, I think what resonates the most with me is if you have a personal friend and they say that they really like it because then you're not getting like the family connection or like the potential of them being like your yes man or like, for example, I mean, like, I know my, my wife really enjoys my music, but she, I mean, 
Sometimes it feels like it's a yes man because I'm always with her and all that. If it's like a if it's like a personal friend who you don't see that much and they listen to it and they say that they really like it, that's what I think resonates the most. And then like obviously going to like an audience response, like you said that um one of the earlier collaborators you had was like someone who is probably like one of your first genuine fans, like like what does that do for you? And how often do you get like a response from someone who you would consider like just a fan of your music? Um Well, to me, like uh Willard has been like very supportive. I mean, like I talk to him almost daily now. And it's just like we learn from each other's like uh, mistakes, and we learn from each each other's successes. We try we see see what works, what doesn't. Um, it's sorry good. if I'm not. No, it's good to have that kind of communication with somebody, someone who like has been with you for a while, knows the music, and like sees your whole process evolving. Yeah, that's an awesome relationship to have with somebody. And I, I think think uh, like as a starting out artist, I think it really helps you to have that supporting person there uh, to help you along because it can get really lonely when, when you're making it by yourself. Yeah, making it, producing it and then, you know, releasing it and promoting it. It kind of you kind of live in a bubble almost. In, in my case, almost quite literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of feel it these days, obviously, with like lockdowns and not trying to get the virus and all that good stuff. Yeah, I just sometimes it it just uh, I, I don't I don't I don't make make this a me thing, but sometimes it just just feels like where it's when when you're in the uh, countryside and there's like barely anyone around, uh, you, you you tend to feel a lot isolated from society. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to something that you brought up earlier in your writing and how like you do want to keep a level of silliness to it. Uh, yeah. That resonated with me because most of the time when I'm writing a song, I'm just trying to make myself laugh. Like I'm trying to come up with something that just <laughs> cracks me up. And like that's comedy to me. Like I don't care if it doesn't resonate with anybody. It makes me laugh and I think it's funny. Like w humor and music. Um, Obviously you're into the harsh contrast and stuff, but like how often do you just think about making just like absolute spoof parody tracks, just like goofy stuff? And how often do you act on that impulse and just like put something out, like record something that you probably would never release, but you'd think it's just like, it's just for your own entertainment. Or my theme song beyond blue skies. I almost did not release that. Why not? Oh my lord! I did not like my vocal performance on that. I edited it myself, and that was like the lead into the track. Uh, that that was the original edit I had, and then I hired uh, Jasper to not only mix my voice for the middle of it, I also told him to do do like uh, the ending hook, where basically as soon as I was done my my chorus, I said okay. Fuck this! I'm hiring someone else to do the hook. I actually left that in, and let, <laughs> and then and then I told and then I let him do the hook <laughs> as it fades out. I love that, and you leave it in because it's like it makes you laugh. It's something funny. 
Yeah. And it's a real moment, too. <laughs> That's the fun stuff when you're recording is, like, those incidentals, those ad-libs, those things you just keep in because, like, we keep it. That's not no, great. The, no, the funny thing is is that when it comes to ad-libs, I on purposely put them in like that where it kind of sounds like I realistically kind of had a real moment, but for some reason I know how to, like recreate them quite well it's like acting it's like putting on a performance yeah it's I, I did a little bit of bit of like drama in high school oh yeah did, what did you act in uh nothing nothing <laughs> no they, no they, i mean like they didn't even give you the role of the tree or something and i mean i did try try going into this one drama group uh and i was supposed to be like daddy warbucks in what well, well, i forgot what what what, what the title of it was That's annie annie yeah and and i just stood on stage and was just i i was i got stage fright and i couldn't say anything and i awkwardly walked off all right oh that was bad like i can memorize music lyrics but when it comes to actual like uh acting lines it's really hard for me all right i mean but you still take that performance aspect and you can yes. obviously dish it out. You can do that performance. Yeah. Because like you said, like sometimes you can come up with a line and like an ad lib that like really is just like off the cuff. But then you say like you can also recreate it and make it seem like it was something that was actually genuinely off the cuff. But you're really just like making it happen on the spot. Yeah. That's some theatrical shit right there. <laughs> like what would be like if you were to say like put together a concept album like it, like you say you have unlimited budget unlimited access to the beats like what do you what would be like your like your dream concept like what's something that you would that you think about like on the back burner that like if you could do this you would like what would that concept album be like what would what would the character be like how would you how would you go about it man um and this is just like you know just imagine it like what, what would it be like go as crazy okay. as you want all right all right uh, i'll go with the first thing that i think of so uh two of my favorite concept albums are pink floyd's the wall and songs for the death by queens of the stone age and let's see that that'd be like um I, I guess a guy. I, I, I guess the way to mix those two together would be a guy goes on a drug trip by eating a cactus. All right, <laughs> peyote in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it, man. That's how the Eagles got started, I think. <laughs> All right, all right. It all takes place at Hotel California too. He, he... <laughs> Just pick up all the different pieces of rock history and put it into hey, one massive concept album. Yeah, all you gotta do is like, guy was just dehydrated. He ate a cactus and he hallucinates the Hotel California. He goes in and he sees Tommy just playing his pinball machine. <laughs> he sees the pinball wizard. He walks through rock and roll history, like while also self-narrating the trip. <laughs> We got to make this concept album happen, man. That sounds great. Oh, man. It seems like you, like, whenever you're going into a song, there's, like, 
there's definitely some world building and imagination that goes into it that like you probably you probably like don't realize it while you're working on it because you're so in the zone but like when i'm listening to it i do hear this world building i hear these characters it's almost like you're it's almost like you're playing a role in every song yeah uh at least i try i try to <laughs> i think you do a really good job at it man your music is like very entertaining and it's like it makes for a really good listen like just sitting down and listening to all your tracks the other day i felt like i was going on multiple journeys and hanging out with like multiple people i i really appreciate that and um i think the idea of like really working with other collaborators and other people who vibe with the vibe with what you're trying to put down i think that just like really lends itself to it as well because like yeah it's your music but you also want to feature other people you want other voices you want other perspectives and i think that's also super important yeah i was i was actually uh also suggest i'm actually uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm also telling people about about uh, your new podcast too. Oh, the Gorilla Indie Podcast. Yeah, the one you're on right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gorilla Indie, man. It's, it's just about finding musicians and figuring out more about them. Because like, you hear all these artists out there, you hear these indie artists, but you want to know like what is behind them, what what's making them tick, what's motivating them, like what's at the emotional core of all these people who you, you know, there's artists you don't know about, obviously their music, but you want to know more about them as people too. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. There's someone like you around uh, now. Cause I, I haven't seen, seen uh, many around the scene uh, that, that would inter interview people like me to be honest. Dude, you're, you're a very interesting artist to interview, man. I'm having a great time talking to you. Thanks. And, um, I just want to know, like, um, what's what's like the thing? What's the piece of music that you've put out that you think like really captures everything that is you? Have you even made it yet, or is it something that you've you did release and you said to yourself, "This is something that is really me right now"? Um, it, if if I had to choose a song that's uh, really kind of like feels like me the most currently uh i i say like the song that i released with emags dennis hopper kind of i i feel like it, it kind of gets through mo most of how how i feel throughout throughout the community um i don't think i have one check that like encompanies like everything about me but like the general idea, I think it would be that song. All right, all right. And you probably like it just seems like the way you work, it also like you wouldn't necessarily want a track to fully represent you. You want everything to just kind of like be that message and harsh contrast. Sort of, yeah. Which I mean, I guess you could say like really does kind of capture the essence of what it is you're trying to do. And also doing. Like it's not like you try to do, you you do it and you do it really well. Yeah, and and I I always appreciate when someone takes the time to listen, and uh, I mean like to me this is also a form of therapy. Music. Yes. Getting it out there. Yeah, I mean, there's there. I don't think there's anything out there that's more healing than making music. I mean, there's other like ways you can be artistic and expressive. Like obviously, you said you have a photography background and 
making the art for your albums and stuff like that. But like, is there any other like outlet you have that helps you get those feelings and that expression out? Oh, I really, I mean, I, 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 I lay around, I watch, watch YouTube, I play video games. Uh, I mean, I work at a lumber yard, so I get my exercise there. Lumber yard, eh? Yeah, I mean, like, if, if you remember the uh, track Canadian hoser, uh, the end of that, like, uh, Jasper says, oh, my God, cough drop is a lumberjack? No way. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, if you ever needed to have, like, buzz saws and, like, wood cutting in any of your tracks, you would be able just to go straight to work and get a field recorder, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. That's a pretty cool perspective, like a lumberjack's approach to everything. Just hit it yeah. with an axe. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean it's not like that kind of lumberjacking. It's like softwood that goes through electric saws. Oh, that's kind of cool though. You just got to be careful, you know. Those saws are sharp. Yeah. Well, man, um, I want to give you a, a minute to like just talk about whatever releases you have coming up tracks you think people should be checking out upcoming music you got like um let everyone know like what you're working on and also like where you, they can find you you obviously mentioned tiktok earlier like what's your username there like where can people find what you're working on so we can help uh get your numbers up and see if we can get some people uh following you on all the things okay here we go shameless plug time uh go for it. Go so for it. yeah yeah shameless plug <laughs> all right uh so we got Please stream my mixtape Beyond Blue Skies and my two new tracks, uh, Dennis Hopper and Bitch I Am Basic from last year. I will be releasing a new mixtape and another single this month, uh, which is I Don't Think and the Royal Red Skies mixtape, which I, I will say will be at the end of this month. I swear. I've... 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 <clears throat> Related too much. Anyway, my socials under everything, it's cough drop, K-O-F-F-D-R-O-P. Uh, some of them are like my Instagram is cough drops one. Uh, same with my TikTok, I believe, which is cough drops. You'll see it via my logo, which is pretty indistinguishable. It has like ice cubes. It's all in purple. It's all big, bold letters. And... Uh, yeah, uh, I hope y'all all take a listen. Yeah, man. And uh, I know I'll be listening and looking out for the new releases because uh, I find your music very fascinating. It's a genre that I don't really have that much experience in listening to. And uh, I do find it really enjoyable to listen to. I find it to be just it, it, it it's reminiscent of like rap and hip hop that I know, but there's just something about it that makes it a little bit more exciting. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, obviously, getting your definition of glitch and um like how the production style differs and how you approach like silences and the beats and stuff like that 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 it's really cool to get some insight into what makes that genre the genre yeah uh, i appreciate you having me on uh, of course, uh man, I, it was a pleasure yeah uh i'm gonna go to bed and i hope you hope you have a good one Awesome, man. You have yourself a good sleep. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to me and uh, hope to hear some new music from you soon. 
All right. Thanks. See you. Have a good one, man. And that's another interview and another indie artist you actually know about. Once again, special thanks to Cough Drop. Be sure to follow them on all the social media platforms. Stream their mixtape, Beyond Blue Skies, and check out their two new singles, Dennis Hopper and Bitch I Am Basic on Spotify. Thanks to you, you listening, for choosing Gorilla Indie. If you're not subscribed, please consider subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts, and maybe leave us a positive review and share this podcast with your friends. If you really love this podcast and you want to get more involved, join our Discord. The link is in the description. Once again, I'm House of Dub, and this has been Gorilla Indie Podcast. Yeah!